In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies, it is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a Jewish Indiana Jones in search of the most mysterious, powerful, deadly relic from the Bible, the Ark of the Covenant. The power of the Ark is such that, you know, it sort of knows, it's aware of its surroundings and who has permission to be there, who doesn't. And it's lethal and it's like a reactor. So, yeah, don't try this at home type of thing. This podcast is brought to you by Reverse Speech Radio, a podcast committed to telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Using the exact same technology as the CIA, they know because they trained them. Join hosts Christian Dicadure and David John Oates every week and hear never-before-heard reversals, revealing the hidden truth. Catch politicians lying, climb inside the head of serial killers, even hear EVPs played in reverse. Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? All will be revealed on Reverse Speech Radio. New episodes drop every Thursday. Find out more at reversespeech.ca. Listen and subscribe at reversespeechradio.libson.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. 
Welcome to your Wednesday. Rabbi Harry Moskov is standing by in Israel where he is ready to update us on his search not only for the Ark of the Covenant, but also temple treasures and relics from the first and second temple. For you Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash strangeplanet, I want to mention that the exclusive monthly online chat with me, this is for whistleblower and star chamber tier members, and it's happening this Friday, July the 19th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. So we'll start with the Discord online chat, that's for the whistleblowers, and you can ask me anything, make guest or topic suggestions, ask me about previous episodes, anything you want. Then at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, the exclusive Google Hangout on Air, that's for the Star Chamber members, that's a video chat. You should have received an email from Ryan with a reminder. Now, if you want to become eligible for these exclusive monthly chats with me, go to patreon.com slash strange planet and consider becoming an official supporter. The Ark of the Covenant is a chest that held tablets engraved with the Ten Commandments. Now, according to the Hebrew Bible, the Ark was constructed by the Israelites while they were camping out in the Sinai Desert after they fled Egypt. It's said the Ark is incredibly powerful and deadly. Shortly before the destruction of the first Jewish temple around 587 BC, King Josiah is said to have removed the Ark and hid it. Some researchers have claimed the Ark is inside a church in Aksum, Ethiopia. That's the Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion, and that only the guardian of the Ark is allowed to see it. But Harry Moskov is quite certain the Ark was placed inside a chamber directly below the first temple before it was raised by the Assyrians, and there it remains to this day. Now the only question is, where did the first temple stand? Remy Award-winning writer and producer of The Ark Report, Harry Moskov, is the Canadian-born managing director of Moskov Media. His intense interest in biblical archaeology and politics has made him a prolific contributor to many Israeli publications and an internationally acclaimed expert on sacred Jewish artifacts, particularly from the Roman period. He's also a TV show host in Israel and a member of the White House Press Pool, as well as related working groups attesting to his many years of work as a research analyst on the subject of the final status of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Harry Moskov, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Great to be here. You're back in Israel. Uh, give us an update. What's going on in terms of your archaeological digs in search of treasures of the, uh, the First and Second Temple? Okay, yeah, uh, you're right. I'm back at Israel just a couple of days. Uh, it feels great to be here. A bit of jet lag, mind you, but uh, thank God. Uh, very good. And one of the things I was doing uh, when I was in Toronto, actually, was uh, getting all these uh, people set. Actually, the last broadcast I did uh, was for CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network. And there's a five uh, to seven minute video there on the front on their homepage uh, about the video that we did about the latest things that I've been doing. Uh, which you can also see on my own website. But it has to do with looking for the temple treasures, the Herodian temple, and also, of course, uh, the main interest is the Ark of the Covenant, the lost uh, Ark, and updates as to, you know, what has been, since our last interview on Coast to Coast, what's been happening. And there, there has been a lot happening, actually, lately, and we're getting closer than ever to really finding these things. 
Uh, I took them over to the Temple Mount itself, where there are over 50 titles uh, documented under the Temple Mount, including titles number one and number three, right under the Dome of the Rock. And some of those titles have actually been discovered. Uh, I actually discovered one, an exit, that's sort of off the beaten track, so to speak. It's not really offered to the public, but it does exit through the, through the southern exit, of the Temple Mount, the southern slope of the Temple Mount, called the Ostel, which is a Greek word for, uh, well, it's really Acropolis, it means high place. But right there, where the Hulda gates are, the double and triple gates, there's a path underneath where the priests, uh, my ancestors actually, used to go out from the, te- the temple, the second temple, to a ritual bath called the Mikvah. And uh, that's really something very fascinating, and it really proves proves the existence of the temple in the first place, and uh, also one of the tunnels that's closest to the Ark. Uh, another tunnel system under there is, uh, goes from uh, Warren's Gate. It's called Warren's Gate, which is accessed through the Western Wall Tunnels, and now it's been covered up, but also very, very interesting. And through that, uh, through that gate, which is an ancient gate to the Temple Mount, uh, number 30, Sister number 30, through there goes to another access point, uh, another t- tunnel moving southeasterly to uh, possibly, very possibly, the uh, the Ark of the Covenant and other temple treasures. Now, the, a lot of these tunnels are going under the, is it the Davidson Archaeological Park? Yes. You can, one of those tunnels actually is accessible from there, from that monumental staircase that goes up. It's actually right underneath that, to be honest. Um and it exits from there. Some of them, uh, that archaeological park also has a lot of ritual baths, and the new pilgrim path uh, that was uncovered recently uh, in the city, city of David, which is basically uh, underneath Siwan in that area, so that goes all the way up to the Temple Mount. They rediscovered that, which is an incredible discovery for anybody wanting to go, uh, any of your audience wanting to go to Israel and uh, coming to the city, the original city of David, fascinating, and I could actually, uh, they could be in touch with me for that as well. I could take them over there, but it's really something special. Uh, that whole park has, has been opened up. Now, you mentioned the Warren uh, Gate, and that was named after Captain, Captain Charles Warren. He was, well, just tell us about, he was sent by Queen Victoria to sort of map map the, the tunnels and cisterns underneath the Temple Mount. That's right. Uh, he was sent by Queen Victoria. Actually, believe it or not, Richard, he was actually sent uh, to find the Ark. There was a, he was actually commissioned, many people don't realize this, with the Palestine Exploration Fund to find the Ark. That was one of his main goals. Uh, but he was able to survey, really the last person in the past 150 years or so, to really survey the Temple Mount properly. And he went down there and he had the shafts. And he really did an incredible job of, uh, you know, documenting the various titles and sisters, etc. He didn't find the Ark. <laughs> it wasn't time yet, I guess. But he did do some incredible work uh, in uh, Sir Charles Ward, yeah. So, or Captain Charles Ward. Now, you mentioned the tunnels that go down to the um, mikvah, the, 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 the baths that the priests, they had to, before ascending the stairs to the Temple Mount, you had to take this bath. Uh, particularly, I guess, if you wanted to go into the the Holy of Holies, where the the um, the, the, the ark, ark was, was situated. Um, but what does 
the and and these these uh, tunnels go very far south. So what does that tell us then about the possible location of uh, the temple uh, in relation to, well, let's say, the Dome of the Rock? Amazing, amazing. Uh, obviously, you've been reading my book. Thank you, the Ark Report, because <laughs> that's one of the novelties of the book, which a lot of big uh, rabbis here in Israel are actually subscribing to now, my theory of the location of the temples, which is actually to the southwest of the Dome of the Rock, uh, according to many, many uh, you know, different types of evidence, topographical, archaeological, historical, biblical, of course. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean... It is to the southwest, according to my theory, and that's actually, the, the, these tunnels that actually go all the way to the south are indicatory, and that was my very first clue from a book written by uh, Mayor Bendov, one of the Israeli archaeologists, the famous ones of the early 1980s. He actually found that tunnel, and it goes all the way to the south, indicating to me that most likely the temples existed and the Holy of Holies, etc., further to the south, closer to the Western Wall, in other words, than where the Dome of the Rock is today. But of course, as we're talking about the first temple period, where the Ark was, so when that was buried right underneath, uh, in the times of King Hosea, there you have to go even further, even lower, uh, to get to the Ark. But that is something fascinating, and that is one of the clues that the, the temples really did exist a little further to the south. Otherwise, they could have tunneled, you know, to the west, for example. Well, and this is significant for a number of reasons, obviously, because it may it may make it easier. Uh, obviously, if if for example the the dome of the rock is sitting right where uh, the temple stood, then that makes it almost impossible, uh, virtually impossible, uh, to tunnel under there or to excavate under the dome of the rock. Uh, to look for the Ark or to look for other temple artifacts. But if the, the temple was, in fact, further south, closer to the Western Wall, uh, then it would, I'm guessing politically, it would be much easier. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I've been asked about this very much lately. In fact, so much so that I was on a think tank working group for uh, the ambassador, uh, David Friedman, about the peace plan, the U.S. broken peace plan, uh, being uh, a quote-unquote, you know, expert about this subject, anything having to do with the Temple Mount is a geopolitical scenario. But basically, yeah, you know, theoretically, the Temple could exist between what's now the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque without affecting, you know, the building itself without affecting either. So, yeah, that is, uh, that is something that is politically very important moving forward and, and something that, they're considering it a way, uh, put it that way, <laughs> you know, don't have to quote me on that in public, but it, it is something that, uh, that is being considered, put it that way, actually having a place for Jews to pray, as well as Muslims, without infringing on anything Muslim at all, any of the Islamic sensibilities, put it that way, uh, there is another place being considered more towards the Golden Gate, which has been uh, very much in the news lately, uh, I think for this reason, to be honest. But uh, the chief rabbi of Israel, Rabbi David Lau, so he actually agrees also with this theory, as he said on Knesset television, that uh, the temples could theoretically be placed, uh, you know, the third temple, that is, in between the Dome of the Rock and uh, Al-Aqsa. Without starting a third world war, or at least a Middle East <laughs> war. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, probably both. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, do we know, or do you know, uh, based on on texts and so forth, uh, whether the uh, Herod's temple, the second temple, was was in the exact location as Solomon's temple? Well, uh, we could say that basically, yes. I mean, it, there was a little bit of a um, uh, there was a little bit of uh, it, the way it faces the sun coming over the Mount of Olives was a little bit different because it was you know seventy years later, etc. And there's a whole you know method of figuring that out, which I also have in my book that has to do with the vernal uh, equinox, etc. But there are some degrees of difference in the way the the uh, temple was actually facing. But essentially, the Holy of Holies was in the same place as as the Solomon Temple because, like it says in Maimonides, that this that the Mizbeach, which is the altar, the sacrificial altar, is in a very very specific spot. The same spot that was in Noah's time, and then the the first man, uh, Adam, uh, Adam and Eve, was created there, and, and the first, uh, the very first sacrificial altar, and where Abraham brought up uh, his son uh, Isaac for a sacrifice. Uh, so that, that all those all of those places are the same exact spot. So that exact place um, has to be, you know, the same. We have to keep that the same. Uh, all the way through the ages, so even till today. So we know that that's, that's one of the main reason why essentially the temples were in the same position. So let's just talk a minute for a minute about the Ark. We have this, you know, this is the most uh, coveted, uh, mysterious, powerful, deadly, uh, you know, artifact vessel uh, in human history. And, and King Josiah uh, hit it before the destruction of the first temple back in 587 BC. But now that the, 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 the tunnels going south seem to indicate the location of the temple was further south, are you then now further narrowing your search for the Ark? Sure, I've been doing that uh, for over 20 years. But yeah, you're right, it is being further narrowed now, uh, based also on um, advancements in technology where we can actually see what's on the other side in certain places of the Western Wall. Uh, and one place is a giant slab there, as I say in the video, the video that's recently done by CBN, uh, the Christian Broadcasting Network. So there I actually point to this 570-ton massive stone. In fact, it's a miracle how it even got there. But really, we through all this technology that the University of Calgary, University of Nebraska, etc., they actually had a special technology which was used about two years ago to find out that on the other side of this massive rock in the wall, in part of the Western Wall extension, is a, a storage area, is, is actually vacant. So one of my theories is that the stone was put there for a reason, uh, to actually protect what's on the other side. And that stone is actually also to the south, of course, the southwest of the Dome of the Rock. So we know that the Ark was further down, because, uh, you know, deeper down, about uh, five to eight meters at least from that point. But still, all these things are indicatory step by step as we go on uh, to where the ark may be hidden. And really, it's hidden in a chamber that was actually set for it, like it says in Maimonides and others, uh, other Jewish sources, biblical sources, that uh, the ark was actually lowered straight down, and this is a part I'm bringing out in my book, uh, straight down from the Holy of Holies into this chamber that was prepared for it from the very beginning. 
And so this chamber has golden floors, tiles. And when you hear about people searching for the Ark, like the Knights Templar, the Crusaders, and even Sir Charles Ward, what they're searching for is a gold box, essentially, with staves. But what they really should be searching for is a room uh, with walls, etc., and getting into this, finding a way of getting into this chamber. Because this chamber is uh, what I call, I call it off-site. And, uh, you know, when it's in the Holy of Holies proper, in the temple itself, it's on-site, like it was in the first temple. Then during the whole second temple period, 420 years, it was what I call off-site, but still there, uh, straight down from the original place of the Holy of Holies. So you find the, the, um, the, the room housing the Ark, you find the Ark, but then you've also found the location of the temple. Right, 100%. We found the location of the temple, and even if we take this tunnel, uh, which is an amazing secret, even if we take this tunnel that exits on the south side that the priests use to go to the ritual bath, and we use that tunnel, we continue, it's blocked, it's actually blocked right now, uh, purposely, but uh, if we follow that tunnel, theoretically, all the way through, it, it will come up in a very specific chamber, a chamber of the hearth, it's called, it was in the Second Temple period, and from there we could know the whole complex, the whole exa- exactly where everything was from there as well. Back with more of my conversation with the Ark Hunter, Rabbi Harry Moskov, when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the Whistleblower Tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Theoretical physicists say that there's as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, Here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Harry Moskoff is here discussing his search for the Ark of the Covenant. Once you start really actively looking, like, I mean, like crawling through tunnels and, and excavating and looking for this, I mean, you have to be prepared because, you know, you, you poke through this, let's say, a wall of dirt and all of a sudden there you are face to face with the ark. If you're not prepared ritually, it's game over, right, for you, because this for is, a, sure, this is deadly. Sure. So how will you do that? How will you prepare? Well... <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the one, uh, I mean, I'm the closest, but probably one of the most knowledgeable, uh, for sure, if not probably the most knowledgeable in a way, but I would say that, you know, first of all, you know, it has, it should be a priest that goes in there, uh, which I am actually, but it may be only one day of the year on Yom Kippur where the high priest used to go, but also, like you said, it's not that, you know, the ark sort of, I mean, that's one thing that, uh, 
late readers of the Lost Ark got right, uh, which I actually saw in the play because of think of it. But they, the, the the power of the Ark is such that you know it sort of knows it's aware of its surroundings and who's as it were supposed to be there, has permission to be there, who doesn't, and it's lethal and it's like a reactor. So yeah, don't try this at home type of thing. <laughs> you know, when it comes to the Ark and uh, the Temple Mount, I'm not you know. You really need someone like Elijah the Prophet to come and say, yeah, it's the right time. And, you know, I, I pointed out in my book in a, in, in a way to help people when the time does come, hopefully soon in our, in our days. I, I really believe that's going to happen. But uh, I hope that I, I'm there. I really hope I have the merit to be there and to help out. And, of course, it would help bring the Messiah and all these things. Uh, but I'm not sure. You know, it's, it's as I said, it's one of those things that's, Really, uh, you have to be sure it's the will the will of God, obviously. It's, it really belongs to Him. And uh, that's where the Divine Presence actually rests, on the Ark. And that's why the Western Wall is holy, for instance, that type of thing, and the whole Temple Mount, because of the Ark. So it's not, it's not like the other vessels of the Temple, which we're actually starting an excavation. Hopefully in mid-August we have the permission for the other Temple vessels in Jerusalem. But here... When it comes to the Ark or any of the other things that are buried under the Temple, like it says in the Talmud uh, about the tabernacle vessels, that's sort of like off-limits in a way, I consider, because it is, like you said, it's very dangerous, uh, it's spiritually and physically, and it's playing with fire, you know, uh, literally and figuratively. Just to give people a sense of how dangerous the Ark reportedly is, tell me about what happened to uh, people who, who looked tried to look inside it. Uh, was it Bet Shemesh? Um, right. Yeah, tell us about that. Ironically, that's exactly where I am right now. Oh, really? That's where we live. <laughs> yeah. So that's 50,000 people died uh, because they tried to, according to some of the commentators, uh, they tried to lift off the cover, and maybe they did, and that was it's, uh, that was respectful. They were plowing their fields, and they, they bowed when they saw it coming on the cart. But then, then, you know, return to their work in the field, etc. They were happy to see it, but it's very, very important to give it the proper respect. And it, it really uh, killed, basically, everybody that was there. And uh, so, it, you know, I think that what happened was, in that case, they really tried to take off the cover, the lid, uh, as, as it's sometimes called the mercy seat, or whatever, there are different names for it in different places. But uh, the Kruvim, you know, where the angels are, are, the golden lid. So they tried to take that off, and perhaps they did, and that's what, without permission, as it were, and that's what caused this terrible plague. Uh, that's one of the things. The other thing that the Ark did, uh, you know, it would, it would uh, I guess you could say, um, levitate itself. I mean, it weighed four tons. So it would levitate itself and the priests that were carrying it, uh, which was very interesting. It used to level mountains. It used to walk about a half a kilometer before the Jewish people, the Israelites in the desert, and kill all the scorpions and the snakes uh, that were around it. And it had to be a, a whole half a kilometer before the Jewish people, before the nation. That's how powerful it was. You couldn't really get close to it at that point. So, yeah, you want to keep, you know, <laughs> you want to be safe. What happened to the Philistines after they captured it? Oh, not good. <laughs> they had all kinds of troubles. They had, uh, when it was in Ekron and Gat and all the priests, and it, it, all the statues fell down, all of their gods fell down. Uh, they were big, they were very tall, etc. And then they got all these uh, uh, diseases in their stomach, 
most of them had diseases in their stomachs, wherever it went, uh, you know, all kinds of bad things. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't exactly a pleasant experience. So, so they sent it back. Uh, so just give us a quick update, final question uh, before uh, we go, and and that is the yeah. your search for the the treasures of the the first and second temple. Uh, you, you recently got permission to dig in a certain location. If I'm re- right. remembering correctly, this was a plot of land uh, that you know. Considering there's not a lot of land left in Jerusalem that's undeveloped, but miraculously, this is a plot of land that has just through serendipity or God's will been left undeveloped so that perhaps you could dig there. That's right. It really is miraculous uh, when you think about it. It's it's totally one of those pieces of land that's really been over 100 years completely vacant. And we just got permission actually yesterday from the state of Israel uh, for the department that actually is in charge of the land because it's uh, ownerless at this point. To, to go in there and, and uh, shoot the film and do what we need to do over there. Anybody, by the way, who wants to be part of it should contact me through my website, uh, which is harryhbroskoff.net, and uh, then they could you know, officially take part or contribute, etc. cetera. Uh, but we're going to start that in the middle of August, hopefully, God willing. But so far, so good. And we finally have the permission, and also uh, a lot of the major rabbis here in Israel have given their blessing for it as well. Uh, but it is something that's extremely important and something we're really looking forward to. There are several places, actually, uh, where the temple vessels may have ended up in the Jerusalem area. But this is a very, very famous story that you mentioned and very exciting. And look, Richard, personally, it'd be great to have you here <laughs> if you want to come. I would love to be there. Uh, I in would. the middle of August uh, and your team. But uh, sure. Uh, thanks, thanks, Richard. I'm about to head into a meeting here, but... Uh, Really, uh, it's great to be a pleasure and an honor to be on your show, and uh, I appreciate it. And, and again, it's uh, harrymoskoff.net, M-O-S-K-O-F-F, harrymoskoff.net. Yeah. The book is... Oh, Harry H., sorry, Harry H. Moskoff. Harry H. Moskoff.net, Harry H. Moskoff.net, yeah. and the book is The Ark Report, The Ark of the Covenant and the Tunnels of Israel, available on uh, at Amazon, and also, of course, people can check out The Ark Report movie they can probably see that on your website as well that's right harry uh, god bless good luck okay before i dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs i'll be right back with a word or two on the next episode of conspiracy unlimited Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. Many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Be sure to download and listen to Friday's episode when I speak with a certified regression hypnotherapist. She'll share a client's lifelong ET contact experiences revealed during a regression. Why are some people having these experiences and not others? I think that there is a very strong genetic 
connection. I think that certain linear lines of people's genetics are being followed or watched or enhanced. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.